Welcome into second down right here on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel alongside Cam Urshery have a ton to get into today. Second down, of course, presented to you by the Uniform Source. Two different locations in Savannah to take care of all of your uniform needs. And, uh, of course, want to start out with the thoughts and prayers uh, heading to the people on the Gulf Coast who have been impacted uh, by Hurricane Irma. And I know really devastating right now and of course with the firefighters out in california as well so uh, a lot of people being relocated out of their homes thoughts and prayers headed your way i know uh, hurricane season for everyone on the coast especially the southern coast during this time of year really scary time uh, so our thoughts are with you do have some updates about some games that have have that have been moved uh due to that i know we've had some teams uh practicing in different spots you had uh cam the game that was going to be Oklahoma at Tulane. That got moved to Oklahoma this year, uh, and they're talking about a future game where Oklahoma will go back and play them. Uh, but NFL, obviously, New Orleans impacted by this. Uh, they have a game coming up on the 12th, and that was supposed to be their season opener at home. That game has now been moved to Jacksonville. Uh, so we'll see that one coming up as Cam just, you know, grabbing the mic and give us a little remix. My bad, man. My bad. It happens. It happens. You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. But uh, they were supposed to be playing Green Bay, right? Yeah, Green Bay at New Orleans at Jacksonville. At Jacksonville. So they're going to be here in Jacksonville? So you, yeah, you're going to have, you're gonna have, you're gonna have like just a, few, a hmm. few miles down the road. You'll be able to go see Aaron Rodgers and Jameis Winston. So, is, is, you know. You know, you know the question that's about to pop up. Cam's right? like, can I request credentials for that? <sighs> yes. Um, seeing I, that, Aaron Rodgers in person. That I, honest to God, don't know. I know. Uh, I don't know who's handling the credentialing process for that camp. I think you should get after it. Get down there. Yeah. Uh, if I could find out, yeah, I would love to see. Uh, you know, the best quarterback ever in person. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers is my favorite football player. The ever. Best quarterback ever. Yes. And I. I didn't say greatest. I didn't say greatest. I, I give that to Brady. But I'll say he has one sixth of the Super Bowl ring, or seven? Is it seven for Brady now? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah one seventh of the Super Bowl rings that Tom He's Brady like has. He's like Thanos. He has all the Infinity Stones. Okay. Plus but, one. Yeah. Plus one. But Aaron Rodgers cannot control his team. He can't control what he has. But if you're looking eye test, I mean, you, just, you came you came out here and said he's the best ever. He's the best. Best. If eye test tells you. If you look at Aaron Rodgers, well, if, you're and Brady, doing, if you're just doing, if you're just doing eye tests, I'll say Dan Marino's the best ever. Ah, Dan Schman. Wow. I'll take, yeah, I'll take Aaron Rodgers any day of the week. Give me Aaron Rodgers. I would love to see him in person. And then they're playing uh, the Saints, Mister Thirty for Thirty, Jameis Winston. I think he'll have a bounce back year though. I think he'll actually be pretty good. I can see thirty touchdowns in about not, fifteen. Not where I thought the show was going to start talking about Jameis Winston <laughs> starting for the Saints in his first ever start as the guy doing it in Jacksonville, but here we are. Welcome yeah. to uh, 2021 and then to hurricane season. I know a ton of high school games have been rescheduled or postponed. I think one of the more fascinating things is watching how quickly these high school coaches can get new games uh, put on the dock. I know Jenkins had a game canceled uh, this weekend, and now all of a sudden they're playing Jeff Davis on the road. So kudos to those guys for staying fluid with it. I uh, do have a programming note coming up tomorrow uh, at 2.30. We'll have our first Sean Quinn show of the year as Savannah State gets ready for a big opening game coming up on the 4th. I mean, we have huge games all around college football coming up this weekend, uh, but the Tigers will actually kick off their season in Valdosta against Valdosta State, 
which is pretty much the gold standard in Division II football. That should be a really good game. Savannah State back in 2019 uh, actually won their side of the SEAC. They weren't eligible for postseason play just due to the fact that they were new to the conference, but that's a really exciting game coming up. So we'll talk to Sean Quinn about that again. 2.30 tomorrow, uh, the first edition of the Sean Quinn Show coming up this year. But, Cam, do you want to feel really bad about yourself really quick? Yeah, go ahead. You remember Quinn Ewers? Yeah, the quarterback. Who, yeah, he, he, he is foregoing his senior season of high school football so he I'm could go enroll at Ohio State and start profiting off a name image of lightness. People are like, dude, you've never taken a snap of college foot, uh, yeah. in college football ever. How much money do you have on the table? Well, this is from ESPN.com. He has signed a name image and lightness deal with GT Sports Marketing for $1.4 million. Again, dude was supposed to be a senior in high school right now. Has enrolled at Ohio State. He's like 17. Has enrolled at Ohio State. And the contract with GT Sports Marketing is for three years. So basically they're assuming Mm -hmm. dude's going to be there for three years. Three years in exchange for autographs. So dude is like 17, making 1.4. Yep. Like he'll be 17. I'm curious. Like I, I don't know how they're paying that out. But, I mean, divide that in three probably. So he's getting a third of that every year. But still, that's. That's a lot of money. This is what confuses me a little bit. So they got a guy, C.J. Stroud. That's he's a freshman, right? Yep. It's Quint. His it's Quint. Quinn Ewers, right? That's his name. Yep. Is he going to touch the field this year? Probably not. What about next year or the year after? Because he's that. If C.J. does what he's supposed to do, he'll be there for three years. That's interesting. That's interesting. That's what a lot. That's what a lot of people that. were saying about him. Is like, is like. Why are you going to Ohio State where the likelihood is you probably won't play during your tenure, just the way it was spaced out? Now, the thought was, if you go to Ohio State next year, then you mm-hmm. have that year of separation. But now he's qualified as the same class. Ooh, I mean, that you could be looking at him transferring. Well, I wonder if it changes this pr- the perspective, because it used to be quarterbacks play three years, and if you're good enough to go in the first round, you just go ahead and go. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if it changes the perspective, because – if I'm pulling in roughly $400,000 a year, maybe a little bit less than that depending on the taxes and all that, but, I mean, with all of his name, image, and likeness deals, he could probably be getting close to half a million dollars every year. If I can just pull half a mil and get to be a college student and play college football, maybe the rush isn't there to go four years or to get out of there before four years. Maybe you want to say five. I, get to be I, I big man move. on campus, get to make half a million dollars a year, and, you know. You just have to go to uh, underwater basket weaving 101. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't blame him. I mean, if he wants to stay all four years, by all means necessary. Yeah. But now but, it's not that it's not staying all four years, and all four years you're on stipends and mm-hmm. meal plans. That's true. Now it's all four years, but you're driving Range Rovers <laughs> that are paid cash, straight cash, homie, and eating whatever you want. Or, I mean, mm-hmm. if he's financially responsible, which, like, I would not be as a 17-year-old pulling in $400,000 a year. But if he is I'll financially responsible, putting that money away and living comfortably. Don't ask me what I'll be doing. Yeah, bad. Cam would have every shoe ever known in existence. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, even, yeah. like, the stuff, like, the Romans were wearing back in the days. He's like, I need a <laughs> pair of those. Yeah, they'd be like, where are you getting them from? The, Don't worry the, about the that. The Babylon 3s. Don't worry about it, you know. Don't worry about where I got it from. <laughs> but, no, I mean, he's going to be a backup. Maybe I think he's going to be the, the backups, backups, backup right now. He's making the most money. <sighs> so they're breaking uh, this. Sometimes you play big time high school football in the state of Texas, and you commit to Ohio State. I mean, he he kind of played this perfectly, right? Because he was 
committed to Texas. So you had mm-hmm. big time high school quarterback from the state of Texas. He's got like the bleached mullet, commits to Texas. And then you have the whole drama where it's like you can't just commit to Texas and that be it, right? You have mm-hmm. to get the eyes back on you at some point. So he decommits from Texas, starts his recruiting cycle all over again, and so you have all the eyes back on you. Everybody's like crystal balling you, right? Where it's like, oh, our crystal ball projection is this. So you have all the eyeballs back on you, and then you commit to Ohio State, which is another hugely recognizable. Probably, I'd say, outside of Alabama, yeah. When you talk about national attention in recruiting, probably I'm not saying they're the best. I'm just saying when you get the national attention on them, probably Ohio State with the reach and the attention being paid right after Alabama. So I would honestly say, because for whatever reason, it just seems like once a quarterback commits to Alabama, just like the noise kind of goes away. Yeah, it say does. it might even be like a better idea if you just want eyeballs and, and clicks to commit to Ohio State. Yeah, I mean – he might be banking on the fact on the fact that okay, Shroud goes in there and they may lose two games, which is in Ohio State sense that's kind of a down year. Two um two losses is a down year for Ohio State. And if that happens next year, you'll see a quarterback battle um, between him and Shroud. But I mean, he's banking on a lot and he's really banking on himself. He, I mean, he must be pretty impressive. I've never seen the guy play, so there's nothing I can say about his game, but. He's very confident in what what his abilities bring to the table. I, I could definitely say that because he could have went es- elsewhere, started, and maybe may have made a million, not maybe 1.4, that 400K, that extra, but maybe made a million. But, I mean, hey, kudos to him, man. I wish I could get just, you know, you know just about 20%, 30% of that. that you, know. the, the, you want those agent fees? Hey, I, I'll take the agent fees, uh, it's man. It's like 4%. Are you good with that? Hey, free money. <laughs> oh, you got work for it. You got to be the agent. You got to facilitate I mean, the deals and all you know, that. I, I work for it, facilitate the deals, but I, I'll talk to him. Let me just get ten. Hey Quinn, let me get your number, man. Let me, we, just, we got some just, things to talk about. Just let me get ten percent, and you know, so we're now, fine. now you're negotiating. We're fine. We're fine. Ten percent, and I might get get you some more incentives, man. We're fine. Get that get that Jordan deal. Yeah. Hey, if you're watching, I, mean, I know you're not. But Ohio if you're watching, State's, Ohio State's a Nike school. Highlight. Oh, it's a Nike school. It's a Nike school. So you could. I'm just saying. I mean, I you know. You know, I can make some things happen, man. I I think they're <laughs> – yeah, but Michigan, their key rival, Jordan Brand. Jordan, yeah. 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 So can Ohio State quarterbacks wear the Jordan Brand? Jordan is technically Nike. Yeah, but, I mean, you have Nike. Yeah. And then the, yeah. Michigan's the Jordan Brand. I mean, Jordan Georgia, Brand. Nike, yeah. Florida, Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. That, dang, I didn't – You got to breathe that rivalry. Dang, I didn't notice that correlation. I, I'm sure. I'm sure we're reading way too much in that, and there yeah. is no correlation <laughs> there whatsoever. It's just schools that were already Nike schools are like. I think Michigan actually might have been Adidas for. I want to say little, they were Adidas. They were Adidas yeah. for a little bit, but uh, I, I think it's just Nike schools that were like, "Hey, we have this option as well." It's like literally the same thing, except it has the Jordan logo on it. Yeah. But yeah, the Jordan logo looks run cool. That I, can't I think lie. the only school in America that should be wearing the Jordan logo is North, North Carolina. Carolina. That's yeah. it. I don't. I don't really get. Uh, Michigan and yeah. definitely, I definitely don't get Florida why they're wearing Jordan brand, but hey, to each his own. I did before we go to break. I did want to correct this. I think I just had a mental Freudian slip something there, but uh, I said Hurricane Irma, Hurricane Ida. It's the I, the I okay. got me, but Hurricane Ida. Obviously, our thoughts and prayers with everyone impacted by that. We got more to come here on second down. Though we'll dive into some uh, NFL news going down to those fifty-three man rosters. A lot of willing dealing going on uh, with the waiver wires and with cutting players, adding players to those practice squads. We'll update you on the latest from that. Some local guys uh, finding out their fate. So we'll dive into all of that next right here on second down.
Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Have some updates uh, to get to as they had to get down to the 53-man roster in the NFL as of 4 o'clock yesterday. Uh, but now you're seeing a bunch of players hit the waiver wires, uh, and you're seeing some players being added to the expanded practice rosters in the NFL. But we did have some, a few local storylines I wanted to get into. Richard LeCount was a guy a lot of people kind of saw as a flyer at safety and not like a, he could fly around as like, hey, we're taking a shot when we pick up this guy. I, I found it fascinating. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that he got injured. If you'll remember back uh, to the 2020 season, had a motorcycle ex- accident ahead of the Florida game, so missed the Florida game. Uh, and, and really, the only time you saw him come back was the very last play of the Peach Bowl when Cincinnati had a snap from like their one-yard line. Richard LeCount got to come in for those last few seconds, and then Aziz Ojolari got the, the safety there to seal that win for Georgia. So kind of, I don't want to say an anticlimactic uh, end for Richard LeCount at Georgia, but it, it really was. After a really phenomenal and just playmaking career at Georgia, it was tough to see his career end like that. And then it kind of continued into uh, the offseason when he was getting ready for the NFL I know Georgia had their pro day, which basically became the combine for these guys because they weren't doing any in-person combines. Richard LeCount ran, I believe, in the 4.8 uh, at his pro day. And so a lot of people are like, a safety can't do that mm-hmm. in the NFL. You can't have a safety that runs a 4.8. Anybody that watched game tape, and this is what kind of ticks me off when you get the hot take specialist going on. Anybody who's ever watched Richard LeCount play knew he was an NFL safety. Yeah. I mean, he's playing against Alabama in the 2018 uh, SEC Championship, and he's playing against all those wide receivers that have been drafted, and they're rolling coverages, and they're moving in and out of different coverages, and he's fooling Tua and picking off Tua, right? He's had so many of those plays where he's just he's a guy that's around the football, and if you can do that against the schools that he was doing that and you can do that for the school you were playing for, I mean, Kirby Smart said it throughout his career, about Richard LeCount, specifically early, but this is kind of correlated uh, towards the end as well. He's a guy that where he'll make a play that you've never seen anybody make before, where you're like, that is unbelievable, just bred into your mind, reaction time, speed, and, and just the way he was able to contort his body, right? Mm-hmm. And then he'd make some plays where he let you kind of scratch your head. And I think a lot of it was just the way he played the game. He's really a, an aggressive safety, and he'd get burned every now and then, but you just saw the physical attributes there for Richard LeCount. I knew he was going to make a team, but when he got picked up by the Browns, I was, like, that, I was, like, well, I was like, that might be tough mm-hmm. because if there's a position group on the Browns that you're like, this, this might be tough. I mean, you start with Grant mm-hmm. Delpit yep. uh, for the Cleveland Browns at safety, and they have some other guys up, up there that are really talented as well. They got like, the guy from the Rams, I, was like, I, yeah, say. I was like, but that might be a really tough spot for Richard to make the roster, but then you start watching some of these preseason games, and I know a lot of people are detractors for the preseason, but I think Richard LeCount's a really big reason why I'm a huge proponent of the preseason. Is Yeah, it's not for Matt Ryan, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not for uh, the guys who have been in the league for 14 years and know what they're doing. I mean, if you want to get those guys in and get them some reps, sure. It's for the guys that are fighting for jobs. And so Richard LeCount did what you're supposed to do when you get into the preseason, which is flash. You saw him against the Jaguars. He, had, uh, he almost had an interception mm-hmm. uh, in the first half and then did have an interception on a Hail Mary. Fumbled it, but, I mean, he was around the football and got the ball. And he made a break on that one where he almost had the pick that was unbelievable uh, for, for a rookie doing that in the preseason. 
and then had another interception in the preseason, which is always around the ball. He was making hits. So to see him make the 53-man roster, which make no mistake about it, I think they said they're carrying four safeties. Mm-hmm. He's going to play. I mean, yeah. Richard LeCount is going to play snaps in regular season games for the Cleveland Browns, a team that have Super Bowl aspirations, a team that beat the hell out of the Steelers in the playoffs last year. And they were okay. a Chad Henney to Tyreek Hill fourth down conversion away yep. from maybe upsetting the Chiefs. Yep. So, I mean, he's going to a Super Bowl contender. I think that's really cool. Uh, congratulations to Richard LeCount there. Uh, some other news to dive into of some local guys. Raymond Johnson, uh, the former captain for Georgia Southern, uh, do everything defensive lineman. He was an undrafted free agent uh, with the New York Giants who have a really talented defensive line. Raymond Johnson's made the 53-man roster. Mm. which is really cool to see. There's a lot of teams. like I don't believe the Falcons had any undrafted uh, rookies make the team this year. They have all, they signed all of their draft picks, but I don't think any undrafted rookies actually ended up making it. So for him to make that, especially the defensive lineman position, is really cool. And it wasn't one of those like last-second deals. He was one of the first guys uh, when they were coming down to the deadline that all the New York reporters were like, yeah, no, Raymond Johnson's going to make it just because of the way the coaches speak about him. Came into the uh, came into the season or the preseason, excuse me, and was playing like a pro already. So I think that's kudos to Chad Lunsford and his staff uh, for developing these guys. So you think about it now, you'll have uh, there's a bunch, I think eight guys on NFL rosters uh, for Georgia Southern around the league right now. Kendall Vildor, a guy who was with the Eagles in the not too distant mm-hmm. past, is now going to be one of the starting corners for the Chicago Bears. And again, Raymond Johnson making the 53 man. I think that's really cool, and I, I think it's kind of I know he switched to zero his last season at Georgia Southern, but his first few years wore number 92. And I think 92 and New York pretty synonymous. They just announced today that they are retiring number 92 because of Michael Strahan. Legend. So uh, I, I just I, I like it when it works out like that. So congratulations to Raymond Johnson. And finally, this coming across uh, about five minutes ago, former Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm has been cut by the Buffalo Bills. So if you'll remember, Jake Fromm left Georgia early after 2019, had another year of eligibility left, but decides to leave Georgia uh, late round pick by the Buffalo Bills. And he was like their emergency quarterback last year. A lot of teams did this with COVID because if you had a bunch of quarterbacks in the same room and you had a COVID outbreak, you could be without a quarterback. And so what they would do is, I think Josh McCown was this for the Texans, was you weren't with the team. You were at home, staying in shape, throwing the football around. But like Josh McCown was coaching his son's high school football team as the emergency quarterback for the Texans. Uh, Jake Fromm was that for the Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. This season, came back, got to play in the preseason, had some nice plays. Uh, You got to see the the Jake Fromm versus Justin Fields Bears-Bills matchup. But uh, I thought all, all I could think when I saw that he got cut, Cam, was Jake Fromm could have been Georgia's starting quarterback last year. Yeah, it, and, it, it and, hurts. And now, does that mean maybe JT Daniels doesn't transfer in? Who knows? And how this affects this season. But mm-hmm. I think last year, if you have Jake Fromm, say what you will about Jake Fromm, but if instead of going into Arkansas with Dwan Mathis at quarterback, and instead of having to flip back and forth and, and have Stetson Bennett coming in and not knowing what you're going to do with that quarterback position, if you have a fourth year starter coming back last mm-hmm. year, I think you're. You were leading Alabama at halftime. Exactly. I mean, yeah. how how different does that make last season? Uh, last season, I think Georgia would have made the college football playoffs. 
That I do believe. It's, it, it's not crazy to say because, I mean, all three years Jake Fromm was your starting quarterback, he went 11-1 and, and, and went to the SEC it, championship. Exactly. SEC championship every year. And if you look at his games against Bama, he, he always played pretty well against Bama. Did oh, he had, over, at, he had over 300 yards and three in touchdowns in 2018. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like Bama had his number. He kind of had Bama's number for the most part. And you was up at halftime with your third, fourth-string quarterback, and Stetson Bennett, you was up seven against the national champions. You have Jake Fromm. You probably win that game and go undefeated for the rest of the year. You might you might lose to Bama in the SEC championship, but you're going to the college. You might still playoff. lose to Bama that, that in that, yeah, game, that game. But it's you're not getting blanked in the second yeah. half. And and you're not lose. I don't think you lose to Florida. Uh, you getting that shootout, yeah. But I don't, I don't think you lose to Florida. I think man. It, I think it might have still been a close game, but I don't I nobody really slowed down that Florida offense yeah. last year. It was mm-hmm. just you had to be able to outscore them. They actually had the Alabama-Florida uh, SEC championship up there. And, like, Alabama was up, I believe, 28-10 to mm-hmm. 10 at one point. And they came back, yeah. And then, no, it's like they were up either 21 or 28-10 to 10 at one point, and then Florida fumbled inside their own mm-hmm. inside their own 30, and Alabama recovered that. And still, you come back at the end of the game, and Florida has the ball with a chance to win the football game. So, I mean, that Florida Ooh. offense was nuts. I wish Fromm would have. Dang, I mean, if you look at his first year, after his first year, some people but were saying even, he's a first But even first with that pick. loss, even with that loss, if you can, if you can, either get Alabama or Florida, mm-hmm. say it's worth that, you're still making the SEC championship because Florida oh, yeah. lost to A and M and LSU. Definitely, you're still making the championship. And I just look back at things and I'm like, after his first year, a lot of people and scouts were saying, "Oh, Fromm's a first round pick." Uh, I remember that. I remember Mel Ky- Kuyper oh, yeah. saying that, Todd McShay, and then you get to his third year. Yeah, he was deficient of some weapons, but I wish he would have just stayed one more year. I think he needed that one more to kind of show the NFL scouts. Now it's going to be hard to get back on the NFL roster. Once you get cut as a backup, it's hard to find somewhere else. I never thought Jake Fromm, just with his ability, like the NFL wants such raw talent, and he just yeah. he doesn't have that kind of arm. And then mm-hmm. if you're not having that kind of arm, he doesn't have the legs to make up for that. He's a, He was an excellent college quarterback. Yep. And I think that's about what it was, which is why it was really surprising to me when he decided uh, to go pro. And then you had the whole Jamie Newman situation where Jamie Newman had, was a Georgia quarterback for a few practices <laughs> and then decided to opt out. And so then you got Dwan Mathis, Stetson Bennett, and what happened four, to Jamie Newman? four games. Uh, I don't believe he got drafted, went to camp with the Eagles, and got cut. Wow. That's weird. That's just that's weird. I'm not going to touch on that, but that's pretty weird. It's interesting, but again, Jake Fromm let go by the Buffalo Bills. Richard LeCount uh, makes the 53-man for the Cleveland Brown, and Raymond Johnson, former Georgia Southern Eagle, makes the 53-man for the New York Giants. So some updates uh, from around the NFL with some local tie-ins there. we got more to come here on second down, though. Uh, anniversary of a really cool day in college football. We'll discuss that when we come back next right here on second down. And Cam, I've worked really hard, but, man, it just it makes my heart happy when I come in here to do second down, and you just you pick some George Strait to play. <laughs> it's the it's the small things. So it's like we work really hard every day, and it's the small things like that that makes it worth it. You know, I I seen it. And I said, Kirsten, Kirsten, like this. You know, you're like this. I didn't know you're such a George Strait fan, man. <sighs> Back at this again. <laughs> no, I've never I've never listened to him. But what? yeah, I never listened to him. Then why'd you pick him right there? I don't know. I like the name, George Strait. We did have an update uh, to get to, though. Uh, Jake Fromm added to the Bills practice squad. 
So it sounds like he might be in the same role that he was last year. <sighs> man, that poor Jake Fromm, man. That's my guy. Listen, he's getting, he's getting paid to be on the practice squad. He's still just going to practice, gets an NFL paycheck. That's cool and all. He's just but... out on that 53, man. But I, I think probably one of the guys benefiting from uh, – Probably one of the guys benefiting from that expansion where they expanded to 16 players on the practice squad, which was one of those COVID rules where it was just like, hey, we're going to expand the practice squad just in case you get hit and you'll have more guys you can go to. But I think they're going to end up just keeping that in perpetuity inside the NFL. So Jake Fromm, update there. Uh, he has uh, been signed to the Bills practice squad. Cam, I did say it was an anniversary, a very historic anniversary uh, in college football. Do you know what happened on this date 14 years ago, Cam? First of all, how old were you 14 years ago? Nine. Nine years old. So you were watching college football. 14 years ago. We're in the year 2021. Yes, I was. So you were watching college football. Do you know what happened 14 years ago? No. Appalachian State. Michigan. From the SOCON. This is not your new Sunbelt okay. App State. This is the SOCON National Champion mm-hmm. App State. Went to the big house as 33-point underdogs yep. and took down Chad Henney, Mike Hart, and the Michigan Wolverines. I watched that game. It, was, it wasn't like in the afternoon. It was like, kind of like noon, right? Yeah, it was, it was a noon kickoff. Yeah, I watched that game. Which I guess 11 a.m. local time kickoff up there. Mm-hmm. The Mountaineers came up and took down the Wolverines. And just a crazy game where you had App State couldn't be stopped their first few drives, and then Michigan came out in the second half, and it was just we're going to hand the football off to our big running back that's literally bigger than your defensive lineman, and good luck stopping him. And then you had the the trading of field goals where App State takes the lead Mm -hmm. with like 20-something seconds left on the clock. Then Michigan drives down quickly, gets in a field goal position, and App State uh, blocks the field goal. So just – to me, one of the most classic games of all time. Uh, I wanted to ask you, though, is it the greatest upset of all time? <sighs> greatest upset of all time. I can't really think of upsets right now. I mean, okay, so a couple that immediately come to mind, and these are just like the top okay. of mind for me. Uh, Boise State with Ian Johnson against Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Adrian Peterson in Oklahoma. Nah, I can't put that ahead of App, App State in Michigan. No. Really? Okay, so here's my thought with that is you didn't have a ton of eyeballs on App State, Michigan, just because mm-hmm. it was an FCS team coming to play Michigan in the big house. And inside of that game, you you had a couple of moments that were like real marquee moments. I think, I think of two. The first one is uh, Mike Hart just blowing over people in the second half where you're mm-hmm. like, okay, here comes the wave. Here comes where the talent for Michigan is just going to overcome them. And he had just like – it was like a 60-yard touchdown run where mm-hmm. he was he was a power back, but he was like cutting back and forth, weaving in out, looking like Reggie Bush, and scored a touchdown there. And then obviously the blocked field goal stick out in my mind. But that last drive for Boise State where they score off of a Statue of Liberty. Liberty yeah. No, no, they score the two-point – two-point on the Statue of Liberty, they got down there with the hook and ladder. Yeah, I mean, I mean it was crazy. threw a crossing then. route to a wide receiver who then pitched it to another mm-hmm. wide receiver 20 yards down the field, coming across him, got down and were able to score the touchdown. Man, okay. I get, the reason why I won't put Boise State there, that was like the Fiesta Bowl, right? Yes. That's the reason why. So Because it was they so were, evenly matched. They were yeah. both playing. Uh, and, and then a BCS bowl game. Mm-hmm. So they were good enough to make it to a BCS bowl game. 
and they were undefeated getting there. So I'm like, okay, an undefeated team. App State, they were an FCS team going into – and Chad Henney was an NFL quarterback. At that time, Chad Henney was a really good quarterback in college. Right. You go into the big house at Michigan, a prestigious program, and you beat them as a 33-point underdog. Um, if I could think of some more notable upsets, I would. I know my fa- that's not my favorite upset. What's your favorite? Oh, man. My favorite upset – Will probably be when um, John Manziel went oh, to Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, that was one of my favorite. Uh, we just we've seen Alabama lose, but we've never seen them lose kind of like in that fashion where somebody is going legit blow for blow, kind of like a circus kind of shootout, and he was just pulling things out of his hat. It's something I had never seen at that point in time. I think recently one that stands out to me, uh, 2018 Purdue and Ohio State. Ooh, yeah, that massacre. Well, I mean, that you say it. <laughs> I mean, that was 49 to 20. Uh, ended up being the final score of that game. It was that that was nuts. But it was like really the coming out party for a freshman in Rondell Moore, mm-hmm. uh, who's in the NFL now. But just little fella, look like a looks like a Darren Sproles kind of looking dude mm-hmm. playing wide receiver, and then just absolutely torching. Uh, Ohio State. That one sticks out to me. The miracle at Techwood uh, back in 2015 where Georgia Tech upsets mm-hmm. number nine, Florida State. Uh, that one was really cool to me. Uh, but, I mean, locally, how about Georgia Southern going down and beating Florida in the swamp? That's a big one. I think to me the reason why it's not quite as big of an accomplishment as App State Michigan mm-hmm. is I, I think it's a fair argument to say not that you had overall better players, but there was more NFL talent on that Georgia Southern team yeah. than there was on that Florida team. What, what, at least, at least playing. What did we say, Jerry McKinnon? Yeah, Jerry McKinnon. Okay, I mean, yeah. was just yeah, running back. NFL running back mm-hmm. was just up and down uh, the field on that team. So, just to me, that's one of them. Uh, I know going back a little bit, we talked about 2007, how crazy of a year that was, where LSU lost twice, mm-hmm. both times in double overtime to SEC West foes but still was able to go to the SEC championship, beat Tennessee, and then win the, uh, the BCS National Championship. Just a crazy year, right, where people couldn't get out of their own ways. One of those games was that was supposed to be the culmination for Pat White and Steve Slayton in mm-hmm. West Virginia. They had really come on the scene in a loud way when they beat Georgia uh, mm-hmm. in the Sugar Bowl and DJ Shockley's year at Georgia when Georgia was the SEC champ going down to New Orleans, mm-hmm. and they had literally no answer for West Virginia. West Virginia was undefeated. And they played Pitt, and they lost to Pitt thirteen to nine, and that knocked them out of contention for the national championship. I mean, they, if they don't lose that game, they're there. Yeah, they're there. And who did LSU play that year? Ohio State in the national championship? And just boat racing. Yep. That's when they had like Terrell Smith at quarterback. I think that that was his name. Prior? Not prior. You think nah, Terrell Pryor? No, nah, not Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor was later. Let me look. It's something Smith. It's something T. Smith, Ohio State. Okay, we're going way back here. Oh, yeah. I, I have a, a, a vague memory. I don't know. I, just, I, think, I think it's a cool, a cool day as we're getting ready for college football season to kick back off. Uh, it's just cool to remember that because that, that game, I starkly remember being uh, with my dad. And he used to listen to college football on the radio all the time. And we got in the car, and it was a Sports Center update. Because obviously, we're not getting the Michigan games on the radio in Georgia, uh, but it's a Sports Center update. And it's like number seven Michigan goes down to App State in the big house. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. And getting off topic, it was Troy Smith. That's what I was there thinking you go. about Troy Smith. But he was 06. I don't know which he team you're talking 07. about. I was like, 
He wasn't 07. Yeah. He was uh 02 to to 06, but I mean Appalachian being Michigan, that was that's yeah, that's big. Uh, I don't think I can't think of nothing that could top that as far as the biggest upset ever. Again, the FCS team doing it, I think, makes it a big deal, too. Yeah. And then App State, not that they were not just like some surprise bad team. They won the national championship that year. In the FCS, okay. So they were I mean, a they really good Michigan, team. Now, that's an that's a unbelievable season. Yeah, Michigan? That's a prestigious program. It used to be. Yeah, they yeah they it sure it sure used to be they fallen off. <laughs> I didn't know how, how the mighty have fallen. I mean, it is it is crazy how quickly it goes. I mean, all we think of Chad Henney now is that dude's a really good backup in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, hey, he, he was that clutch. guy at Michigan. Yeah, he was that guy. That that's the thing about college football. You that's see, back them? when the that's back when the game every mm-hmm. year, Ohio State Michigan, that was must watch TV. Yeah, it was must. Now it's how long is it going to take for this to be thirty Over. points? <laughs> Like a thirty-point difference. It was good a couple of years ago when they got cheated on that. Um, Cam, you say a couple years ago? I know you're talking about the fourth down spot. That? That? I think yeah, that was like four or five years ago. Dang, that was four or five years ago. Yeah. So that was 2017, wasn't it? It was 17 or 18. That is. Four I know. Years I don't ago. think it was 18. It was either 16 or 17. Dang. It's been a minute. These years are going by fast, but they got cheated that game. <laughs> It is one of my favorite <laughs> things is like how, how all the all the previous years of college football start to merge together in your yeah. head. It's weird. It, I did not know it was that long ago. I'm, I I I can like, still uh, remember. You're like Deshaun Aaron Murray's Watson. freshman year. That was like three four years ago. They're like that's 2010. You're like excuse me. Yeah. It, now that you say it, that's a decade. A decade ago, I was in middle school. And but I remember that like it was yesterday. I like Deshaun Watson going blow for blow with Bama. To in 2014, seven years ago. Good gosh. Dang. Just flies by. National championship. Hunter Renfro gets that touchdown. I that was, was 17. 16. Yeah, 16. 16, yeah. Because 17 <laughs> was Georgia-Bama. 18. Come on. 18. Trevor Lawrence, true oh. freshman, wins the national championship. Oh, yeah. Alabama. Yep. Dang. You know, it starts adding up, like yeah. you said. And then 19, feels like, feels like just a few years ago, <laughs> LSU was playing Alabama in yeah. the national championship. Oh, yeah. Hey, nah, that, that slugfest they had in the regular season, yeah. it was 9-6. to six. That was one of the best games I've ever seen. Just defensive-wise, it was just a slugfest. We got to take a break here. We'll we'll stop regaling you with just our, our memories of college football. But again, App State, uh, this date 14 years ago, goes to the big house and knocks off Michigan as a 33-point underdog. We got more to come here on second down. We'll be right back after this. J. Cam. Is this what you listen to when you're driving? I don't listen to nothing. Nothing at all. You tried to get me there. Tried to get me there. No? What's the, last thing, what's the last thing you listen to in your car? Wow. Um, Andre 3000. Okay. Big Boy Outcast. Yeah. But wait, which, which one are we talking about? Bombs Over Baghdad? Like, what are we... Um, I do uh with Jeezy, okay. uh, the Jeezy album and International Players Anthem. So that's the last two songs I go. listen to. I like it. Got a big show coming up for you on Three and Out today. Uh, I'll take you just through it real quick. Coming up at 3.20, we'll catch up with former Georgia tight end Jeb Blazevich. Uh, get his take on this coming up game between Georgia and Clemson. Uh, guy who's played uh, in this rivalry before, so really interested to see uh, Jeb's perspective on this game. Following Jeb, we'll be catching up with Chrissy Freud uh, from Sports Illustrated, covers Mississippi State, uh, but also 
covers the SEC as a whole. So we'll be talking just some broad SEC questions with her. What are the biggest storylines as we go into week one? In the 4 o'clock hour from ClemsonSports.com, we'll catch up with Matt Connolly. Uh, get the Clemson perspective for this game coming up. Uh, just a massive top five game. I thought it was interesting yesterday listening to Dabo Sweeney talk about this game. Uh, you could tell he's excited about it, and it's – I believe the third time in the past 20 years you've had a top five matchup to start mm-hmm. the season. So something that doesn't come around a whole lot here. And Dabo Sweeney talking about Georgia, how big they are on both lines of scrimmage and how that's going to present a challenge. And on the flip side of it, Kirby Smart talking about how Clemson, much like Alabama, has become the measuring stick. And he said every game's a measuring stick, but this is one of those chances for you to go out there and prove you're among the elite. So really excited. Uh, Going to catch up with Matt Conley from ClemsonSports.com. And then coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, Georgia Southern welcomes in Gardner-Webb this weekend. So uh, for the first time really in two years in Statesboro, you're going to have, I'm going to say the correct fill at Paulson Stadium. You need the tailgating. You need to smell the hot dogs and the burgers. Uh, you need to hear the people. And then, just, and then seeing a – full Paulson Stadium is going to be really cool. So we're going to catch up with Danny Reed. He's the voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles. So again, 3 o'clock hour, Jeb Blazevich, uh, Chrissy Freud as well, Matt Connolly from ClemsonSports.com, and then Danny Reed coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Big show coming up uh, on 3 and out there. But Cam, I, I said it there, man. Big dudes on the line of scrimmage for Georgia. BJ and I uh, were looking at because Georgia has not released their official depth chart yet. Looking at what that offensive line could look at for Georgia, because I know a lot of people thought Jamari Sawyer might be sliding inside to play guard, and he's talked about wanting to do that because that's where his natural fit is in the NFL. But the general thought right now is Jamari Sawyer is going to be your left tackle because he's the best Mm -hmm. offensive lineman on your team. So your tackles right now will be Warren McClendon on the right side, who started there all in 2020, uh, and then Jamari Sawyer as your left tackle, which I think makes sense. You're going up against the best defensive line you're going to face all year. You want your best guys in the spot where they can protect JT Daniels, put your best offensive lineman on his blind side, uh, and go to work. But, I mean, I, those are two really good tackles. Oh, yeah. I mean, this game is going to be one in the trenches, regardless of the air attack or um, who's more flashy. or I mean, in order to run the ball, you have to win in the trenches. But these are two top five opponents. Um, I'm sure Kobe, Kirby and Dabo have – much respect for the um, one another, oh, yeah. but it's it's time, man. It's it's definitely time for Kirby to get this marquee win. I mean, he's won the Rose Bowl. Yeah. We know that SC championship. And I but, think interesting yeah. too, coming back to recruiting. Kirby's been able to go get top players uh, from some of these other states. I know Nicobe Dean was the number one player coming out of Mississippi uh, his year, but one of those players as well, Cedric Van Pran, uh, went into LSU's backyard and got the center out of there. It looks like he's going to be your starting center, mm-hmm. just due to injuries and. I don't think you take too big of a step back with him as your starting center. Uh, left guard, Justin Schaefer, I think is pretty much locked in there. Right guard, more likely than not, is going to be Tate Ratledge. And then, as I mentioned, uh, Warren McClendon as your right tackle. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think maybe Georgia fans took for granted how good that offensive line was in 2017 and 2018. I was watching, uh, the, again, the SEC Network and ESPNU, they've had a ton of some of these older games that they've been putting on. They had a Georgia game from 2017. I think it was the, it was the SEC Championship against Auburn. Watching yeah. that offensive line work, yeah, holy cow. And that's against Moving. NFL defensive linemen. Yep, Marlon Davidson was on that team. Yeah, Moving people. Yeah, again, just, just moving them. Yeah, you Solomon Kinley, Andrew Thomas, uh, just on the what the center Ben or yeah Ben Cleveland at guard was that Lamont Gilliard at center? 
think maybe took for granted how good that group was. See if maybe they can get back to it. Matt Luke, uh, time for him to prove uh, what he's been doing. Because last year, I thought Georgia's offensive line, one of the weaker parts on the team. It's going to be a huge storyline going into this game. But we have so much more to come for you this week as we get you ready for Clemson and Georgia right here on ESPN Radio. Yeah, I got to start 